Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Kyle Fincham. You're listening to Behind the Movement. My guest today is Tom Mountjoy. I'm thrilled to share this conversation with you. I'm going to get to it momentarily. But first, um, aside from a, a, a whole heap of infinite play events coming up this spring and summer, um, for the next uh, 11 days, there's an opportunity to purchase an infinite play rash guard. It was never my plan to, uh, to, to, to sell rash guards. However, a very, very, very dear friend of mine got me an infinite play, infinite, infinite play rash guard as a gift um, just a couple months ago. And I started wearing it to jujitsu, and a lot of people started asking about it. And I, I posted a photo wearing it, and I got more questions about it. So I reached out to my friend who got me the gift, and we we came up with an idea to uh, make them available for a short time. Um, so we're doing a limited run of this Infinite Play Rash Guard. It's really amazing. It's beautiful. Um, if you want one you can just go to my website, kylefincham.com, and I set up a little shop page. And it's the only thing on there. But all the orders have to be in by March 12th. That is a Saturday, I believe. So I have to have all of them by then, and then I'm going to submit just one bulk order for this rash guard. And uh, you'll receive it probably about six weeks after that, give or take probably a little longer if you're uh, international. Um, there are all sorts of sizes. There's unisex and women's cuts. Um, there are some photos on there, and we'll probably post a few more as we go along here. Um, I think the, the shipping and handling is about 10 bucks if you're within the United States and, and $22 for international. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful rash guard. I uh, announced it just the other day, and a number of people already put in some orders, so, so thanks to everybody who, uh, who, who already purchased one. Um, but if you want one, it's this limited run. It's going to be the only time we, 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 we do this, at least for this design. Um, and uh, yeah, super proud of it. I think it's amazing. And, and um, yeah, let me know what you think. Shoot me a message if, uh, if you decide to order one or if you have any questions. Um, also, lots of infinite play events coming up. Um, I'm not going to go through and, and uh, talk about each one individually. I'm just going to quickly wrap out a bunch of the ones that uh, are available at the moment. And all of them have uh, some sort of early bird pricing available. But coming up in the spring and summer... Um, in the United States, there's going to be a, an event in Santa Fe, and then I'll head over to Europe, and we'll be in Salzburg, Berlin, Paris, London, Lisbon, and Amsterdam. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll stay a little longer. Um, all of those events are available on my website right now. So you can purchase those tickets and save a little bit by, uh, by signing up in advance. Um, right now, like I said, workshops are set up through July but I think, uh, I think there's a chance that we'll be there into August, but who knows? 
Um, but I'm in conversations with adding a, a few more here and there as well. So stay tuned. Also, if you're in New York, I'm doing a, a weekly two-hour jam every Saturday um, until the end of March. If you want to participate in that, I would love to have you. We would love to have you. Um, again, you can sign up on the Infinite Play, Infinite Play page on my website for any of these things. Uh, I think that's all I got. Um, all I got for right now. Yeah. As I said, my conversation today is with Tom Mountjoy. Um, a number of people uh, recommended that I reach out to him. I, I posted a little thing on Instagram asking who people would like to hear me speak with, and uh, his name came up a couple of times. So I dropped him an email. He got back to me very quickly, and shortly thereafter, we scheduled a conversation. And what you were about to listen to is that conversation. So if you're not familiar with Tom, let me give you just a, a, a short bio here. Tom was born and raised in New Zealand. He lives now in Norway. Currently, he's an associate professor of education and social sciences at the Western Norway University of Applied Sciences. His coaching and training background consists of a number of sports in different parts of the world. He's a founder of the Emptiness Project, a research and experience group using tools of awareness to explore the human mind and body. This was a really wonderful conversation. Um, it was a, a, an honor and a privilege to meet Tom. And uh, who knows, perhaps during uh, my trek through Europe this year, we'll actually get to connect in person. So big thanks to Tom for this, um, and I won't waste any more time. This is it, my conversation with Tom Mountjoy. Maybe just a few days ago, I think maybe even the day we confirmed the call, you posted something that I, 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 really, I really enjoyed. It was something about like this log, like a single log, um, and spend time getting, getting to know the log. <laughs> I forget the exact language, but I, 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 I love the kind of the, the invitation to be, to be playful and kind of be, um, I don't know, explore, right. And see, and see what you can create with this object. Yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, nature, it's a, it's an open invitation. It's always there for us. And we, we don't seem to, we never need permission, right. We never need permission to interact and to explore and to experience objects that we find in nature. And, uh, and for me, that's always been a big part of my training is, is developing relationships, not only with nature in general, but actually certain objects that are around my home. And there's, uh, I'm lucky enough to live by uh, quite close to a small forest here, woodland, urban woodland. And there's a lot of objects there that are um, yeah, have been um, very useful for my training over the years, certain trees, certain fallen logs, mm -hmm. certain banks, uh, certain root systems, certain stone walls. And yeah, they, they, they just invite you in there if you're, if you're open for it. And uh, you don't need permission. You just need to you know, respect, obviously, respect that they're left in the same condition and uh, respect your own abilities, of course, and, and you learn and grow. And uh, I think my reference there was to a certain log that's been sitting in the same position for many many years and it's uh it's always there for me nobody mm -hmm. else seems to seems to play with it mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love that because I, you know, I love that you say like um, you don't need permission, but for some reason we've kind of entered a space in time where people need like a they feel like they're, they're, they need to be given permission before they do anything, right? Like uh, there needs, like the protocol needs to be, you have permission, you know, cause everything is so kind of uh, protocol based. Well, that's the emergence of play or the disappearance of play as we, as we, you know, as we grow out of childhood into adolescence and adulthood, right? We, then we seem to seem to codify things and categorize things. Whereas before it's just play permissionless play you know kids they just they don't seek permission they just want to get out and they just want to do it you know whereas as adults we sort of have to organize and and almost uh almost sort of classify our, our exercise and our movement into a certain uh time of, of of a certain day of the week you know and a certain place um usually it's some sort of gym which is a, a kind of an odd phenomenon if you think about it from 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 that perspective as well yeah it's a it's a super odd phenomenon it's it's um I don't know, like, like the continued sanitization of everything, right? And I don't know, like I think more and more about like, uh, I don't know, the, the, the activities should ask of, like it should ask for like whole body listening. And in some ways like a gym is kind of the, the place to look, look for places to like turn off the listening. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. If we get if we if we go to specific group training classes, uh, that's you know that's a good example of that. People people have their favorite classes and they have their favorite parts of the gym, and often that sort of offers them the rewards that can maybe counter some of the some of the aspects that they may be hiding from or, or or don't wish to engage with at that certain time. You know, and that's fine. You know, it's nothing wrong with with having certain activities that you like to do and classes that you like to participate in, but but the overall acknowledgement of the, the entire body, you know, and the, the psyche that's in, integrated into the body and sort of offer that a chance to, to reveal itself. That's, that's when things get really exciting and often mm-hmm. quite scary at the same time, you know? So it's a, it's a gradual process, I think. And mm-hmm. I don't think, I certainly think as a teacher, that's something that you, you, you slowly introduce to, to students and you sort of wait for cues from them that they're ready to sort of, move on to the next level of, of, of induction, if you like, into sort of, you know, quote unquote, full, full body movement or full body training, uh, full body mm. exploration. Um, it's a gradual thing, but once you, once you get there and you sort of just let go of these restraints and restrictions, then movement and physical practice and, and physicality becomes um, just, just something part of your daily life. And it just becomes part of the exploration of, of, of humanness, really human nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's our, it is our way of communicating, right? With, with, with everything. It's, it's not just um, something we're capable of. Like it's the, it's our way of, of, of having interactions with ourselves and other people and, and the spaces we, we, we inhabit. It's a, it's a, it's our, it's our medium. It's our, it's our lens for, for having a world really. And, and, mm. you know, and it took me a while to, to sort of come to that acknowledgement. Um, probably wasn't until my thirties, you know, late twenties, thirties, you know, after going through a long, long period of, um, of organized sport, physical practice, a lot of injuries, you know, a lot of ups and downs to sort of realize that the understanding that the body is this, is this lens through which we experience the world. And then once you, 
really embody that and embrace that and, and, and let go of a lot of these preconceptions about what a body should be or how a developed body should look or feel, then you can experience the world in radically different ways, right? So the body is, um, the body is, our, is, our, is, our, is our experience of the world, of being in the world. You know, it's a very sort of a phenomenological way of looking at things, but, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that, that is part of my embodied practice really is, is experiencing the world in embodied ways through the body, through the, through the way that the body sort of reveals itself in certain settings and situations and gives feedback that can kind of both, uh, both override but also sort of um, work in unison with, with some of the mental states and psychological states that are taking place at the same time. You know? mm-hmm. what, um, what sports did you, did you participate in? Oh, everything really. I grew up in New Zealand, so it was um, you know, rugby, soccer, cricket, um, mm-hmm. lots of climbing, water sports. Um, yeah, you name it. I was uh, mm-hmm. a lot of cycling. That was probably my 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 main sport consistently over over my uh, yeah my my childhood and into adolescence and and even now so probably cycling. But yeah, everything really, just physical practice. You name it. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was the way of life down there growing up. And was there some kind of, I don't know, moment or event or, or uh, a period that would be considered like an aha, like, a, you know, what I'm doing, maybe I want to go and take this in a different direction? Um, not as a child. I mean, everything just sort of just, just went in, in flow state really as a child. You know, it was, mm-hmm. um, it was really just wanting to be outside and just being amongst whatever was happening, you know, with friends and it's just being outside, being out of school, doing whatever. And just, um, and then gradually sort of developing this, this idea of, uh, of what a body feels like and what a body should look like, you know, growing up and developing more of an identity and being a bit more social and, you know, interacting with members of the opposite sex and those sorts of things. So typical sort of upbringing in terms of bodily awareness and understanding and, shyness and sort of not acknowledging aches and pains but then probably i'd say um the time that i spent uh, in the solomon islands as um as a researcher there gave me a different insight into sort of the way that the western ideas of 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 the body and embodiment um, are so radically different to uh the way things are in in the pacific and pacific islanders who are literally using their bodies uh to life or death Death, death um, experience, you know, hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. diving, gathering, collecting, just using their bodies as, as objects of being who they are in the world rather than actually seeing uh, their bodies as um, you know, these, these skilled um, objects that they can perform certain categorized sports. You know, so mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the shift in the birth, I guess, of the, the Primal Movers um, project. Um, back in the day, 15 or so years ago, quite a long time ago now, um, trying to sort of bring a more of a holistic understanding to the way that the, the body and the mind sort of works together in unison. Um, yeah, things things took a big shift then, definitely. What, what were some of the observations that you were making that, that were like maybe the glaring ones that were standing out to you? No, it's pro- probably mainly to do with sort of the, the westernized sort of objectified 
um, understanding of, of the body, body from a sort of a scientific perspective about what the body should be doing and what it shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. and how we, can, how we can train the body in certain ways to achieve certain skills. Um, I sort of had that idea. It was very much a sort of a, yeah, very much a Western sports science orientated idea. And then I went there and I realized that once you're out there in these natural settings and you're interacting with nature, then all of that sort of scientific understanding and training sort of goes out out the door when you're just trying to, you know, navigate coral reefs, sharp coral reefs, and you're just trying to avoid getting your skin burnt and you're, you know, you're just trying to clamber up muddy hills and not fall down and you know then the science sort of goes out the door and you're just trying to survive and you're mm-hmm. trying to learn and you're look, looking at localized ways of of you know understanding their part of being in the world you know local epistemologies and, and bodily interactions and you realize that okay there's there's different understanding there's different science there's different knowledge and different intelligence going on here so that was really fascinating for me is to develop a, a sort of a curiosity into non-western ideas about about the way the body interacts with the environment um and that was a big learning curve for me is it probably took me a good six months to sort of understand that my training and my idea of physical fitness and dexterity and mobility and strength and everything you know that that doesn't really help me now you know i'm just trying to just trying to survive out here in the wilds you know so it was a humbling experience but um yeah it was a it was a certainly a pivotal moment in my own practice as a not only as an athlete and someone who enjoys being strong and fit but also as a coach as well and how I can um could use that knowledge um coming back to the west and, and teaching in gyms and mm-hmm. yeah that sort of those sort of spaces yeah I mean it, it's uh the other thing with kind of bringing these ideas into into those spaces is that it's still kind of attempting to communicate it to Western minds, right? Who kind of love hearing the, the I don't know, the boxing and linearity of things. And, and it's like, a, it's asking people like, not only am I gonna present new material to you, but we need to kind of reprogram like how you're perceiving what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we, the more we explain, you know, the more we, we obscure. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, for me, it's a, a lot of my explanation and my sort of scientific experiential um, practice as a coach. Um, I just sort of let go of that. It, it took me a while, you know, it wasn't easy. It was a humbling experience to sort of let go of that idea that, you know, I've got a lot of experience and I know a lot of different things and I can present a lot of stuff um, in, in interesting ways and sort of be the guy standing there who can do this stuff from then moving over to this idea that you know i don't know but i'm just willing to to guide you guys and to 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 observe you guys having an experience and from that see which kind of truths come out of that what sort of truths are born out of just being in a place where you can have a bodily experience and and, and see how that feels and just observe your responses um, to that and from that maybe we can build and build that into some sort of practice or some sort of training idea um training framework that can be interesting to you you know and um that was quite a new idea you know that was um i was involved in the early sort of crossfit days Mm -hmm. um establishment maybe 15 10 15 years ago 
here, a lot of the gym starting up and a lot of excitement around that because it was a, a very social thing, right? It was a very, um, a lot of this idea of group unity and group cohesion of doing one thing, having one goal and doing these crazy workouts or all these different activities. So I was, I was interested in that, but more maybe from the, the social side about what it was people were actually looking for beyond the actual skill set of learning Olympic lifting or learning how to do these gymnastic skills, but actually something beyond that. Mm-hmm. It was more of a sort of a, a social cohesion that came that was born out of that movement that people were sort of developing new understandings about other aspects of their of their body or their lives or their place as physical representatives of, of, of their community. They were developing new ideas um, through their physical practice. They weren't always, wasn't always so easy for them to put words on that, what it was that they were experiencing, you know? And then of course comes, comes the injuries and comes the fatigue and comes the burnout, people getting disillusioned and yeah, maybe this is not for me. And so I was always kind of this guy who was, moving from different training facilities to another and different gyms and helping gyms set up and talking to people about their experiences. And, um, and occasionally you'd get a few, um, not many, but occasionally you'd get a few who'd want to take this a bit further, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and start asking questions that are a little bit more, um, a little bit beyond the sort of the, the skill base, you know, how can I get jacked? That sort mm-hmm. of thing. You know, how can I, how can I lose weight? How can I not get injured? How can I get a bit more mobile? You know, pertinent questions, useful mm-hmm. questions. But for me, I sort of lost a lot of interest in, in, in being the guy that was um, coaching that. You know, mm-hmm. I was interested in people who were really diving a lot deeper than that and um, opening a lot of cans of worms at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a lot of things that I find super interesting because i i i've said this on here before but i think it's always worth kind of like bringing back around is through my experience i've i've come to to feel like the things that i think matter are being creative adaptable and cooperative and those are just like the three words i've kind of settled into at the moment and to me the those are the, the qualities of being able to move through life playfully or be able to dance with life right? To be able to move in a way where um, you're ready for the unknown or you're ready for surprise. And then I think to myself that strength and mobility, skills, techniques, they fill in underneath those places. And it's through the exploration of the other things that we're guided in those directions. You know, so it's more of the kind of like Frank Ferencic starting with romance and letting that lead to the precision and then back out to the romance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Frank, actually, I was involved in the inaugural, uh, I think it was the ancestral health symposium back in the day over in the, somewhere in the States. Uh, I think I met Frank over there. Yeah. I mean, you know, creativity, not everyone has the creativity, but everybody has the ability to, to learn, to be more adaptive, I think. And having that, adaptability having that understanding and awareness of how you can actually train your body over time to be more adaptable can sort of funnel into that um that sort of creative realm in a way and then from there you can naturally expand your your repertoire from that you know but always having that that sort of base level you know like you don't want to i don't want to like 
come off as throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to sort of strength training and, and looking after your joints and, and, you know, staying healthy as we, as we generally know health to be. But, but from there, then the expansion and the exploration takes place because you have that foundation, you know, so you can kind of, you can rely and you can trust that body to be there for you whilst you sort of go out on these endeavors of exploring, you know, and it is risky, you know, to be, to be a creative person, whether it's through bodily practice or whether it's, you know, through a, a, some sort of cognitive practice or, or even emotionally to be creative is to take risks, you know, and to take risks can, can go both ways. But if you don't have to have that adaptable sort of more of a sort of a adaptable, adaptable philosophical base of your, your practice in place and have a, a constant eye on that, then things can easily, um, you can easily fall, go astray and, and fall off course and get very disillusioned with whatever practice it is. And it may be for the, not for the, for the obvious reasons, you know, it might be, it might be something that you could have corrected just by having a, a mentor or a coach or someone to sort of, to lead you through that, you know, everyone goes through different phases where they sort of start to, to question their own practice, you know, am I doing the right thing? And, you know, why, why is this happening to me constantly, you know, and it can often just be these small sort of tweaks, you know, the third person just observing and just watching and just listening to your, um, listening to the way you sort of explain your experiences, you know, and then there's maybe hidden truths that are in there that can actually really stoke that fire again and yeah certainly having a coach is a, a really useful thing and a really valuable thing and mm-hmm. yeah a lot of people now that seem to be going their own way and following videos and thinking that they can kind of pick it all up there but there's there's certainly uh certainly benefit to having a mentor and, and uh yeah certainly had them myself over the years and there's something so valuable in finding people that pose really nice questions questions right people i think that's what i think of when i think of the teachers that i've, I've really felt like i've taken a lot from it's not that they've uh, arrived with answers it's just they do a really great job of presenting interesting questions or they do a really nice job of saying hey like what's over there and it sends you in that direction a little bit as opposed to you know here's the definitions here's the thing and you, you know you're on your way Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I'm always asking questions, you know, and, and, I, and that's just, that's just expanding as I, as I get older, you know, I'm just asking more and more questions, not only of, of my students or, you know, but of myself, you know, and I, and for me, that's, that's just a critical part of, of who I am and, you know, my personality and my sort of practice as well. And it just feeds into everything I do is just, just to be, to be more curious, but also critical at the same time, but just to continue to, to expand and to develop and to, you know, to see that identities are not static. You know, there's always there's always possibilities to to change our identity through our experiences. And mm. and if we sort of close off to that, and if we sort of stop looking out for different tools, tools of awareness that can actually lead to new experiences, um, and potentially be open to new identities changing in the way that we perceive our bodies, the way that we perceive our relations to others, the way that we seek different kinds of community cohesion and group um fellowship if you like um you know then we're blocking ourselves off we're, we're, we're sort of we're hindering ourselves from 
diving, delving deeper into the truths that can really come out through our own experience, right? Because no coach, no guru, no mentor can tell us truths, can tell us what the truth is, can give us experience or to tell us which ideas are, are right or wrong or better or worse. All they can do is sort of help us see that that truth lies within us and through experience we can really unravel and dig out and sort of nurture and cultivate and 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 bloom through that experience and find our own truths you know just like this just like the gardening the metaphor of being a gardener you know it just takes time it takes patience and you cultivate that you know and if you have a crew if you have a crew that you can sort of practice with and bounce some of these ideas off and have fun along the way you know, and keep it sort of, keep it low key, keep it, keep it casual, um, keep it fun, have a bit of fun and laugh along the way. Then, then I think you're, you're on the road to having a, yeah, a lifelong practice. And for me, that's what, that's what it is for me. You know, I'm uh, not a young, young buck anymore, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in sort of having a more, a more of a sustaining practice that can emerge and, and, and still evolve as I, as I get on, you know, so it's, um, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating tool. The body, it's um, it's something that is just never stops giving feedback. And you might find yourself having these days where you're sort of completely shut off to your body. You know, you might be caught up in some work or some emotional roller coaster or whatever it is. And then you realize, shit, you know, I haven't actually attended to what's really giving me the the most trustworthy feedback here, and that's my body. You know, so you get out and you move a little bit. You know, you just sort of get into that sort of that spiral get into that zone and then you're back in it you're back on course you know and that's always been uh, the biggest reliance um for me you know the trust in my own body trust in that that experience you know no matter how shitty it might feel um whether it's preferential or not it's it's an experience and it's 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 true you know and it's true for me and that's um it's been the guiding light for me and at least for my students, I just try and show my experience and say that, hey, give it a go and, and see see what happens, you know, and you might get something out of it, you know. Guarantee that there'll be something, you know. You might not like it at first, but in the end, you'll you'll, you'll discover something from that. Yeah, when what you're describing, you, you know, kind of reference returning to experience and it makes me think of like a, when you mentioned, you know, a, a guru is not going to be able to hand you the experience or, or, or implant the experience into you the same way that like, you know, I'm someone who reads a lot, but completely aware that like the knowledge from the books doesn't mean anything without the experience. So it's like knowledge isn't synonymous with understanding, right? Understanding comes from like the hands on it, in it, feeling it. Yeah. Knowledge. I mean, we're in this, period now where there's just so much information there's just so many people that just learn this and they 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 know that but you know how do they the question that i'm always interested in is how how is the experience of that you know there's so many coaches out there there's so many interesting clever academics scientists you know people who know stuff but you know i want to sort of peel off the layers and find out what's what's beyond that you know what what makes you seek that knowledge, you know, and what, what makes you use that information and in which ways are you sort of trying to uh, reinterpret and reevaluate that information and turn it into something that is uniquely yours, you know, and develop 
you know, a deeper, a deeper understanding and a deeper wisdom and a deeper awareness from that. And that's something that I always sort of, I'm always looking for, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's something that I've just developed and learned, I guess, over many, many years of doing this is to sort of, is to see the subtle hints and the subtle signs that, um, that really interest me in people um, and sort of knowing that, okay, yeah, that, that dude there or that girl there, I've, they've really got a developed practice and that's i find that really fascinating you know when you see people who are just yeah and usually usually most of the time super casual super low-key about it you know just they're just deeply in it and the reason i think at least my interpretation of that is that they're not separating anything they're not separating their mind their body their emotion their experience there's this it's this complete sort of intersubjective intersubjectivity in their experience and they've just developed it from using so many different tools over the years um, and they've come to this position where they're so comfortable in their body they're so safe in their body that all it is now is just this beacon of awareness this beacon of of just finding joy and solace and rest comfort and expression and and, and openness and yeah and a lot of times people like that they want to share you know they want to be asked, you know, hey, what are you doing? You know, why are you, why are you moving like this? And what's that, what's that thing that you're doing? You know, like, tell me more, you know, and that's fun. You know, and I think you should be open as a teacher. I'm really open, interested when, you know, younger people come up to me and ask me questions. You know, I'm, I find that really, uh, really humbling. And I'm always, uh, always there and willing to, to sort of offer a few tips along the way too. I think that that's really important. And I think sometimes, um, <clears throat> I think sometimes people, it's easy to get caught up in like, I've got to do the work and not realize sometimes that like, when someone arrives with some questions, especially if it's someone younger, that that, that moment might matter more to like give the extra time. Yeah, maybe that's a personality thing. I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> some people are more open than others with that. But uh, I think for me, I, you know, I, I, I really value my time, definitely. But, um, but I'm always sort of looking for these little moments during my, during my week, whether it's, you know, at the university teaching students or whether it's at the gym doing stuff. I'm just looking for these little moments that can, that, that can really be, uh, valuable for, for for people and if i can impart that through just a little message or just a little cue or just a just a little word or whatever that gives me um that gives me a real sense that i'm sort of you know i'm helping the next generation if you like you know mm -hmm. sound like an old man you know but i'm i'm you know i'm i'm very respectful of my own experience my own time and my own my own effort that i've put in over the years um into developing my practice and my experience, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely there to, to share those moments and to sort of see young people, um, you know, take the baton if you like, and, uh, and, and maybe develop some of my moves or some of my interests or philosophical ideas about the way we're doing things. And um, yeah, that's really interesting for me. And it's, uh, it's always a, it's always an enjoyable part of, of my practices, you know, having people come up to me and asking questions, you know, and what about this? What about that? And yeah, sometimes it's not always about the physical practice as well. It's maybe about stuff they've seen me write or talk about, or yeah, it's a, 
it's an interesting uh, experience. That's for sure. I really, I really cherish that interaction with students. It's a, it's a huge, hugely important part of, of what I do. You know, I'm an educator. That's what I do. I teach and, and I, and I help people develop their own practices. And, um, and that's, um, there's something I'm learning and enjoying uh, every day. Definitely. I want to backtrack just a, a, like a hair because you, you said something that I, I really was into. You were talking about changing identities, right. And, and being open to our identities changing. And I think a lot about the idea that um, we have the, we have the potential to really be, efficient um where we have the potential to be like uh energy efficient creatures in, in how we operate and um obviously like in the world of abundance right there's this privilege of not having to to operate efficiently now because everything is so available um and we're not you know being hunted by predators um but i thought to myself as you were saying that 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 you know holding on to identities that's energy efficient or inefficient it's inefficient you know it takes energy to try to hold on to what we want to be or who we think we are when it might be more efficient to uh, allow the, the changes to emerge and, and be open to them mm. yeah it's, it's a it's an interesting way of putting it i think um i think that we through movement we can always sort of through using our bodies, we can always reinvent and sort of reinterpret our, our identities. You know, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean we have to sort of shift who we are at the core of who we are, but we can be more sort of fluid and adaptive to circumstance uh, as we're being open to experience. Right. So I think that means at least for me that we're, that we're active, actively engaged in a sort of a, a larger vision or perspective of the world through, um, experiences that we that we're having that we've had and possible experiences that we haven't had as well that we but we're still open to them and i think an, our identity can just sort of it can reveal itself by being completely cut off to those new experiences if if we're if we're sort of static and stuck and, and less adaptable um and it can be inefficient because it can sort of develop this fatigue mentally as well not only bodily you know through our through our joints and you know through becoming very stiff and sort of you know we can also sort of lose that ability to be young in the mind as well through through having identities that are, that are less sort of interested in maintaining that curiosity and the the, the interest in in the mystery that's unfolding right because the world i mean there's always heck of a lot more stuff that we don't know than what we do know right we sort of know this little fraction of of our little place in the world through our experiences um you know and maybe through through energy efficiency we try to sort of be good at the certain things that we know function well for us but there's always this sort of edge of this chaotic world out there that could potentially throw the proverbial spanner in the works you know and uh and you know to sort of be able to shape shift through the body to be literally to be strong you know it comes down to strength you know no matter how you sort of look at it and how you interpret it or philosophize about movement it's about 
being strong and the stronger you are, the better prepared you are to be um, more adaptable to the circumstances when they go astray, you know, or even circumstances that you enjoy uh, to having, to finding more joy and more peace in the actual practice that you do enjoy um, training, for example, you know, and I, I learned definitely through living in the Pacific where they don't have any sort of specific movement practices. They just live, right. They just mm. live with the nature, with the environment. And what I learned there was they were certainly efficient because they rested. They, they, they really rested when they didn't need to be moving their bodies actively. You know? So here was me doing my morning yoga, doing my mobility stuff. And they were just looking at me thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, we're not out fishing. We're not out. We're not out hunting. You know, there's going to be rain the next two days. Just rest. You know, just let your body recharge. You know, so efficiency is a there's a Western ways of thinking about efficiency. I think, and there's sort of there's gym bro ways of thinking about efficiency. There's the yogic way of thinking about efficiency and effectiveness and rest. And um, it's all through experience, right? It's like what what do we actually experience from being effective and holding on to our or being stuck in certain identities that don't make us feel good about our bodies right or about the way that we are with our friends or our loved ones you know and is there something a bit off there and perhaps just perhaps it could be that we're maybe not open to new experiences or new possibilities that are right there for us to to explore who knows hmm. Yeah, I think that we do a lot to try to, um, and I mean, this is probably broadly Western, uh, to, to limit surprise as opposed to kind of embrace it. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be living chaotically all the time, you know. I mean, it's like, I think a lot of us have probably experienced moments in our lives where there's been probably a little bit more chaos than then was was good for us right and you know that's just life right life throws stuff at us and we've got to deal with it and it can be periods that last longer than we would like um of chaotic chaotic situations but we always try and sort of work around towards trying to find some sort of semblance of of balance and cohesion and um and being able to rest and find rest and find peace in those moments uh in between and um yeah, whether that's through any sort of relaxation pr practice or any sort of contemplative practice or physical practice or sharing practice, whatever that is, there's, there's a ton of different tools out there that we can, that we can look to, to sort of define that semblance of harmony and, and peace. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be the big uh, fancy Instagram practices and we don't have to be posting about it and, joining all these groups and calling all these names we can just find something within us that brings us that that sort of brings us those moments where we can actually feel rested and and, and feel that that's an efficient way of going about my day is having this rest now and then waiting for the next day and then moving on to the next day and taking up the challenge for the next day you know so it's um yeah i'm always curious about people's practices and why they choose certain practices and why certain practices appeal to them and what it is that they may be looking for. And often it's this a deeper, 
said often a deeper search within them. They're not quite, they don't quite have their finger on what it is yet, but they're, they're seeking, right? They're searching, they're seeking. And um, yeah, and they're going through it. You know, man, I've done that. I've, I've been through, I've been through a ton of stuff and um, yeah. Whenever people, young people ask me, it's like, should I do this or should I try that? Or what do you think about this? I'm like, well, just give it a go and um, take your time. Be patient and uh, yeah, if it doesn't work, put it aside, come back to it later, you know, maybe try this. But uh, going from one thing to another, you know, yo-yoing about, that's, uh, that's just one way to cause more anxiety, more stress, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the word patience is, is, is often lost. But I think that the, I, was, I, I was messaging with a friend earlier today and I had maybe like three or four months ago, I read um, letters to a young poet. And I feel like it's in every single one of the letters he references patience, you mm. know, and this was written whenever a hundred years ago or something. And, and even then at a time when time was much slower, there was the knowledge of like, just be patient. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, and kind of that permission to like, Hey, like be with something for a little while, tinker with it. You know, like there doesn't need to be the immediacy. And I think that sometimes like Instagram kind of like feeds that idea of immediacy. Mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's again, coming back to this idea of having a network or having someone you can, trust or you find their practice really interesting and just ask them you know a few tips or a few ideas and often it'll be patience it'll be giving you permission to actually find patience and allow yourself to 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 sort of take your time uh with that process and with that practice and um yeah it's a permission thing people often they just feel that they just need to outsource everything to this you know interweb realm of of immediacy and consumption and you know fast-paced change and do this and just you know hammer to the nail just you know push 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 you know and there's it's it's all set up for that it's, it's set up in my opinion it's it's set up to for failure you know it's set up to keep people on this hamster hamster wheel just going round and round and round and kind of losing sight of this this brain and this inner wisdom and this inner truth that people have within them but they need space you know people need time and they need space and they need a bit of compassion a bit of self compassion and humbleness to be able to you know eke that out and to actually know for themselves that they can finally you know look in the mirror and acknowledge to themselves that hey i'm i'm doing good you know i'm i'm on the path and you know screw screw the others screw what they say or screw what my identity has previously you know told others about who i should be or what i should be doing this is what I'm doing now because it's taking time and it's starting to, you know, the fruits are starting to, to, to come out. Um, and it's a, uh, this permission thing is a, gee, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. People don't have time to even, you know, understand what owning your own permission to do something, to make a change is all about. You know, they're just looking for this, uh, this external validation, you know, they're looking for this, um, yeah, this, this partisan sort of tribe herd mentality that I've, I've got to join that group, you know, or else I'm, I'm out, you know, or else I suck, you know, I've got to look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's really changed. Uh, definitely the digital age has um, changed the lack of kind of, you know, unity and close quarter 
um, companionship and brotherhood and you know sisterhood. It's, it's it's really missing, I think. It's um it's something that I've really put a lot of emphasis in. Um, probably in the last ten years, especially 10, 15 years of my practices, sort of getting together with people in a close quarter, um, you know, live interactive setting, small group setting, people that we can just discuss and just work away and just, you know, chew the fat literally, just uh just be together and you know, as we have been for most of our evolution, you know, instead of having this sort of hive mind of this massive globalized mentality of, of, of reflecting our identity um, based upon what we see out there on the, on the screens, you know, and it just, it just doesn't make sense physiologically or, or, or emotionally, even you know, spiritually at the end of the day either. Mm-hmm. Well, and it plays that game of, um, you know, you don't, you need to keep seeking. It's a little bit of like, uh, there's this carrot on the end of the stick. You have to keep seeking. You don't have the thing yet. And as you said earlier, like you have, you already have it. It's, you know, it's just a matter of kind of unearthing what you already have. And I think that being with people is where you really, and have these authentic interactions or like these moments where you get that glimpse of that thing where you have it right? Like these authentic interactions, whether it's with a, a place or a, a person, it's like you, 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 you have that, that, that feeling that like, oh, like that thing you can't always articulate, but it's this nice reminder of like, oh, it's already there. Hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just that expression of, of, of meaning is it's such a personal thing. And it's, it's something that you, you can't really sort of chase or expect to sort of find it on the back of a, of a cereal box, you know, or some sort of Instagram reel or TikTok video. You can't, you can't expect to find meaning there. You know, you, you have to sort of, you have to spend the time doing the work and, and, and looking out for those little clues along the way and, and actually being in it, like literally being in it, whatever it is to you, just being in it. And then from there, then, you know, stuff starts to emerge and you find meaning through those experiences and it becomes this ongoing process that you develop a sense of meaning, not through one, one particular experience, you know, or one revelation. It's not, it's not an end goal. It's just this whole process of how can I translate my experience of, of being in this world into a meaningful pathway for me that's important for me and it's important for my family and my loved ones and my close uh, network of friends you know and and that's it you know that's that really is it you know we can we can sort of wax lyrical about the state of the world and global relations and international politics and and you know global health but at the end of the day that that doesn't that doesn't matter it doesn't help us live our our lives in this meaningful way in close quarters taking care of our our friends and family and taking responsibility for what we can do because that's the most important thing I think is what is it we can do right now that is most meaningful you know for for me as an example for others taking care of of my duties my responsibilities you know and I think if we all just do that we will just step up a little bit uh, everyone just a little sort of a collective stepping up of 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 responsibility and truth via doing something meaningful 
that everyone has the potential to do that and sort of lift collective, lift the collective, you know, and maybe a, a sort of a pan psychic way if, is that if there is this collective consciousness, you know, and if consciousness, consciousness now on a collective is sort of heavy, you know, then maybe there's a potential to, to lift that. And, um, and that's my, that's my goal uh, in recent years. And it has been, um, yeah. And, and, and it is going forward is to sort of continue to, to nurture these um, small scale connections that I have and to develop more, um, yeah, more meaningful connectivity through these um, smaller interactions with people who are, who are open and willing to sort of to hear this kind of message and this philosophy and, and, and dive into some of these practices and, and be, be humble about it too, you know, so explore on one side, but also be respectful and responsible for our commitments and our, our reality at the same time you know we can't lose sight of that can't lose sight of the reality that we're in we can't all just be out there spaced out you know the sort mm-hmm. of new age we can't be in these new age seekers our whole lives because in the end then what what are we contributing you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and I, maybe that's sort of moving a bit more into the sort of the the more of this the spiritual side of 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 the way that i look at meaning but it's mm-hmm. um but for me it is you know, we're here and our bodies show us that we're here in this reality. You know, we're, we're here literally in this, this, these bones, in this, this, this flesh, this sack of flesh. We're here to have this experience and the body is the, is the signal and the lens that, that gives us um, that sense of, of reality, you know, mm-hmm. and, and take care of that. It's kind of my message is take care of that and look after that. Look after your body. Um, you know, it feeds into the mind. You know, and it, it, it helps us sort of, it keeps us away from that sort of getting into that psychotic state of, of losing touch with the reality that is right before us. You know, we can have a lot of these experiences and we can, you know, we can do the plant medicines and we can, we can go on, this, on, on these explorations of, 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 of different, um, you know, different experiences, but not to lose sight of, of where, we're at, where we're at, you know. Mm-hmm. We, can only, we can only be... I think we can only be in one place at a time, you know, even if we have this imagination that is, that is really good to cultivate. We've got to look after who we are, look after the sort of the soul of our being, the feet on the ground, stay grounded, you know, stay grounded, stay embodied, stay close to the, the center of who we are. And I think that is through our connection with, with the earth and connection with, with others that we interact with on a, on a close quarter basis. Yeah. I agree because I think that, um, you know, we have these like beautifully like complex nervous systems, right. That have evolved to, to communicate with the world. And, and because of the, the nature of things and the sanitization, it's like, you know, we, it's like we create barriers that act as like, um, like we've outsourced our senses, right? To a lot of other things. Um, but our nervous systems haven't caught, caught up to that. So they're still there to, to feel all the things in their all at one, uh, in their all at once-ness, like, you know, the people that you were observing in the Pacific. And uh, I often say that, you know, I don't know what purpose is, but I know that I feel purposeful when like, when all of the senses are asked to, to work with the world authentically, 
yeah, authenticity, man. It's uh, <laughs> that's what mm. it's all about, you know. And that's uh, that's something that that I think we all should strive towards is uh, is that self being being authentic with ourselves, you know, being real with ourselves, and 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 we can do that when we're together with people that we love and that we trust and uh, and that we that we find interesting and and curious, you know. And and when you see someone uh, being authentic in their own body and in their own practice and just being having that that rest that that relaxation or an authentic sense of of being so present and just being so so aware and so relaxed in that moment then that gives me a lot of confidence that I'm sort of you know I'm on the right track for me at least you know where I can see my my fellow brother or sister or I can be in a setting where we're just hanging out or we're just um we're going for a hike in the desert or whatever we're doing, but just to see someone fully aware of who they are and fully comfortable with who they are. And, and, and there's a there's a sense of joy and, and peace and it could be in silence, you know, it doesn't need to be spoken often better if it isn't spoken. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly uh, been grateful and lucky enough to be blessed with having a number of those experiences with, um, with certain friends and certain groups as well that I've had over the years. Um, to be to be in a setting where you can kind of cultivate that possibility for people to to be so authentic that it, no one actually has to do anything to show who or what they are because they just are they just are there and to do that in a in a fellowship is uh yeah it's a really really powerful experience and um yeah that's something that i'm working with with um with my good friend uh dj strong camps Mm-hmm. working together with the emptiness project to to open up some of these spaces or to cultivate some of these spaces as an as an arena for this kind of interaction this this style of interaction where we just explore awareness for the sake of awareness for experiencing being and experiencing authenticity in a group setting and um it's a it's an extremely uh powerful uh, space to be in um from our experiences so far can you can you talk a little more about the the emptiness project? Yeah, it's it's um well yes and no it's um it's a, it's a, it's it's a project DJ and I um basically developed just from from our own interactions um over the years I think it started back in 2017 or 2018 um yeah we we were out just um exploring up in the Joshua Tree uh yeah just um doing a lot of weird and uh interesting stuff um out there and we just had this this sort of i'll call it a revelation but just this instinctual sort of understanding and awareness that we were so much in this moment that we wanted to be able to share with other people that we didn't find was was being offered in this natural sort of movement or coaching realm in a way so we wanted to to sort of open up that kind of style of experience we had where there was nothing on the agenda it was just that moment of being together in a space that was that brought up very powerful emotions um and and having certain certain tools on hand that we could explore um very spontaneously at the same time so it kind of started through our own experiences and explorations with um um, with psilocybin as well so we were working with the mushroom and we were working with a lot of different physical practices um, up there and that that evolved into a group we had a group exploration where we invited some 
some people we had um a group the next year and then that just evolved um unfortunately the pandemic put a stop to that um meeting personal meetings or group meetings uh, the last couple of years but we we certainly have um kept in touch with a lot of these people who have participated and um yeah we were going to go down to peru we had a peru trip organized it was unfortunately cancelled because of the pandemic but um yeah we're looking to um take up the, the emptiness project again when things open up again and people can travel um and invite people to to share this space with us and it's an open ended it's an open ended space it's not about us coaching anything it's not about us standing on a podium saying that this is who we are and we can do this and we can do that it's about facilitating a space where no permission is needed to to be authentic to yourself whether that's through your emotions or through your physicality or through your your spiritual um questions that you may have um it's, it's, it's wisdom in a group setting that is enabled through this uh experience that we have um together um through what we call the emptiness project that's um it's difficult to explain because as i said the more we explain stuff the more obscure it becomes mm-hmm. so it's, it's 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 left to be a little bit mysterious it's left to be a little bit obscure because it's an experience that really develops from the experience itself, um, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Not that it should should make no, any sense. It, 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 it doesn't have to. I, I, I actually kind of, <laughs> I, I, in some ways, I actually love these kinds of descriptions. I think, um, I don't know. We, we try to talk about things and, you know, at best we're, we're I don't know, often just kind of like tiptoeing <laughs> around like the essence of it. So I loved it to just yeah. say, I'm not even going to try to tiptoe around. I'm just going to like give a couple like yeah. brushes on the, on, on it. And, and I, and yeah. I, like I think it's just a few little clues there. Yeah. I think, and I think at least for me, from some of the best experiences I, I've ever had in life, they're, they're more to do with the fact that I, I come back to the experience of being there um, at different times. You know, there might be this random moment, you know, five years later where I come back to this experience I had, you know, when I was, down in Thailand or wherever I was. And for me, that says a lot about the actual experience itself, you know, and I've, mm-hmm. I've done all sorts of um, courses and all these different uh, coaching, teaching facil- facilitations. And yeah, a lot of them are good learning skills and meeting people, but you, you quickly forget them, right? A lot of the stuff you just forget because the experience wasn't really there, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's not so much just about gaining more knowledge. You know, I don't want to, you know, I want to to learn as an as an someone who's involved with education. You know, someone who worked with education. I want to le- learn about how education um, really sort of paints the picture of our experiences in a different way on a day to day basis, and how we can evolve through being educated in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. not just gaining information or gaining new skills or having certificates that we can pin on our on the end of our name. Mm-hmm. You know it's come a point a long time ago where I've given up that, you know, I've given up calling myself any sort of names anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, I'm interested in, yeah, man, how was it? You know, what did you, what did you experience and what can you, how can you use that experience into you take into your life and your practice? And luckily through the emptiness project, we've had the most incredible feedback from, from people that have been there that just, uh, yeah, they, they, they take these experiences and they just, uh, they run with them, you know, and as a, as a coach or whatever it is I am, that's what 
that's what really gives me that uh, that sense of yes, I've, I've I've managed to actually achieve something interesting here. It's giving people opportunities to to be more of themselves, mm-hmm. not copies of me. That's for sure. I mean, that's um, I mean, that's beautifully said. Really, I mean, I think that <clears throat> you're describing a little bit of this thing that I that I wrote about not too long ago, where you know it's easy to get caught up on like uh, content. So in this case, you know, talking about going and taking a workshop or something with people. And, you know, so oftentimes I think people go in looking at the event through like the lens of content um, or the material that's being presented and that's all fine. But I was proposing the idea of like, you know, the message might matter more, right. You know, like the people I've taken classes and workshops with, like, who have strong messages, it seems like the content just kind of arrives because it's gone through this, this beautiful message filter. And the message is what I find myself kind of running off with. And sometimes it's through their content, but then oftentimes it's just, oh, I love that, that message and that there are these pieces of that message. And how do I integrate that in to what I'm doing or what I'm presenting? Mm. Yeah. It's a, I, th- I think just, just made me think of, of of a of a question that I think people could probably benefit from asking themselves. You know, like a lot of people listening to this, maybe they're coaches or maybe they're practitioners, maybe they're looking to, you know, take this course or this workshop or or add this certificate to their arsenal. But you know, ask yourself the question about why why is it that I'm seeking this out? You know, why is it this why is this course or this cert or this workshop next on my list? You know, and just to just to keep asking that question a little bit, interrogate yourself a little bit more is like, is it, do I want to kind of boost my, is it something about boosting my identity or do I feel that, that maybe there's something missing in me that I see through this person that maybe they have that I want something from them or what is it that I, that I sort of feel, feel a little bit agitated by that makes me want to f- feel that I'm going to somehow fulfill that void or that gap, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. You can still go along and do that workshop or take that training because it might be nice and interesting cool people um valuable but but if the if the answer sort of starts to come out that you feel that you're somehow um a little bit limited in your identity or you feel a little bit insecure in who you are standing up there as a coach because you don't have this background or this certificate or this acknowledgement from this this dude then maybe i think that could be a sort of an alarm bell moment you know and it's you know, it sounds, it might sound like I'm sort of convincing people not to be doing these uh, really interesting trainings, but I'm not, I'm not because I've done them all, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those guys who's, who's been through that and I've traveled and spent all my money over, over the years, traveling around the world, doing these courses, meeting these amazing coaches, but sort of questions that I've in retrospect that I've actually asked about what was it that I was really seeking at the time, you know, you know, I was, I was strong. I was feeling good in my body. There was nothing. It wasn't, wasn't about aesthetics. It wasn't about, you know, it was more about constantly trying to be this sponge for new knowledge and, and new information and thinking that I needed to legitimize that by having to be in a certain place at a certain time to actually get that. Whereas maybe I was neglecting a lot of my own practice and my own explorations, you know? So it's a, it's a fine balance, but maybe it's just a, something that people can do. They can ask themselves a little bit deeper questions about why you need to be doing these um, yet more certifications and trainings. You know, is it, are there people expecting that of you really? 
you know, mm-hmm. when you turn up to a class, are people looking to, to show your CV at the doorway of the gym? No, people are not. People want you for your personality. And most importantly, they want you for your passion for what it is you're doing. Right. So if you can stand up there and you can talk passionately about how you how much you love this practice and how much you love to explore and expand the possibilities through this tool or this technique, people are going to love it, you know, and you're going to be uh, a much better coach for it, I think. Mm-hmm. And and uh, bringing it back to something you said uh, a, a moment ago, also really uh, kind of cherishing the unique qualities of everybody in realizing that like there's so much to gain there's so much value in, mm. in in the group with everybody bringing their unique qualities rather than everybody being like you or everybody being like me <laughs> right for for so many reasons i mean it's a rare opportunity to like you know if we're talking about moving through life playfully for an ex- example like the more lenses of like human experience that you get brief moments to look through the more tools we all have to kind of like navigate uncharted waters because we all have these like unique subjective experiences, right? And also we learn so much without thinking about it by, if we're talking just even physically, by interacting with people who are with who are coming from a, a completely different background. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of uh, my argument for the movement soup, you know what I mean? Like everybody be a different spice and let's get in the soup together. Mm-hmm. Um, because I admire what you said about, um, we don't need to all look like one another. We all don't need to move like one another, right? You know, so much magic happens when we all have different unique qualities, but come together to kind of become like that big power ranger thing where they all come together. Mm-hmm. Power up, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the body is the body just offers unlimited opportunities to do that. You know, we don't, you know, we can explore bodies through our own private personal practice. We can explore our bodies, you know, sexually with our partners. We can explore our bodies in in, in unity with 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 our brothers and in, in, in big, you know, settings, you know, sacred sun settings of uh, these these men's circles or women's circles. We we can do so much with our bodies in so many different ways that it, it doesn't need to be this checklist of what we need to achieve, certain targets that we need to achieve to be able to, to get there and to actually be that guy, you know, who can do that or not. It's like, yeah, that sort of stuff's boring. You know, if you want to, if you want to start to sort of quantify things and measure things that way, then, you know, just look at some Chinese weightlifters or, or some of these Iranian guys, what they can lift and what they can do. And, and all of that just gets blown out of the water because you realize that you're never going to be the strongest dude out there. You're never going to be the fastest dude out there. You're never going to be the most gracefully aesthetic. You know, just look at these Russian ice skaters or, you know, there's always going to be people who are, who are going to nail it in terms of the skills, the power, you know, the sheer, you know, aesthetic glory and beauty. But then look at yourself and think, well, what, what can I do? You know, and I'm in this body 24 hours a day. I might as well enjoy it. And I might as well feel good about what I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. You know so just make sure you, you know, line your ducks up and do the, do the normal things that people can do normally to look after themselves, you know, eat well and, you know, get rest and, and try and de-stress as much as, you, much as you can. But, yeah, I think, I think there'll come a time for most people when they'll, 
they'll, they'll lose that need to continue to sort of search for this hierarchical recognition, you know, mm. and if they're, if they're a part of some practice, if they're a yogic practitioner, if they're, if a shtanga is their thing, or if CrossFit's their thing, or if, if whatever is their thing, then, you know, there'll come a time when they'll realize, yeah, it was a great experience. It was a, it was a really interesting part of my life, but I'm, I, I can move on and I can give myself permission to, to move on to the next thing now, you know, because I have evolved as a person, I have evolved as a, as an athlete, you know, and maybe, maybe movement now for me is something a bit more than just the physical, you know, a bit more than just the aesthetic, you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine that it was that, you know, and maybe it's fine that it still is that, you know, uh, and it was for me at certain stages, you know, it was a physical thing and it was a prowess thing and it was a skill thing and it was a competitive thing and it was a showy thing, you know, but now it's like, yeah, there's, there's a lot more to life than that, you know, but I, I have that base, you know, and I have, I've had that, I've had that allegiance and that dedication and that passion over the years is to never lose sight of, of, of my body and, and, and my body being there for me and being strong and, and still having the ability to be stronger, you know, um, and then from there, then start to think about things that maybe bring you more meaning, like to being kind to people, you know, being less of an asshole, being less <laughs> reactive, um, being a little bit more compassionate to people that you interact with on a close basis, you know, not bothering with stuff that you can't influence, you know, all these little things that people just get agitated by. It's like, yeah, maybe you can make a new list, you know, and, uh, and maybe that list will look totally different to what it did 10 years ago 20 years ago you know and um yeah lists are good things actually keep you in check yeah 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 i was thinking uh as you were were speaking there for a moment i thought about um I i mentioned in the beginning the idea of kind of like listening and like listening with our whole body right and that's like all the senses and everything and you know, for some reason, that's like a very satisfying feeling, right? I had a um, Yosef Rusek on at one point, and he was saying, talking about listening and not just hearing and, and uh, seeing and not just looking. And, mm. and when I present some of the things that I present, I say, I'm like, you know, when you feel really listened to and you really feel like you've listened, it's a very satisfying moment and, and that matters, you know, there are these, you know, when you see it like with music or something like when something very, those moments where like every, like the stars align from a listening perspective or from a seeing perspective and like on the beat or like to the, this with the person at this one time. And there's this like emergence, like, and it's so, it's such a satisfying moment. It's like catching yourself when you fall right? And you slip, but you land and you catch yourself and you're, there's like an aliveness, right? Because you feel like you really listened in that moment. Like I've come to feel like, you know, skills have been amazing moments to like achieve them and, and do them, but it doesn't feel as, as, as amazing as a moment of like authentic listening when it happens in that moment. Absolutely, man. I mean, I couldn't agree more yet. And you've, but you've got to earn your stripes, you know. I mean, no coach can tell people to that they should listen more to their bodies if they mm-hmm. cannot listen to their, their own body, you know, and they haven't experienced that. 
no but no coach can 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 tell people to 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 see if they haven't seen themselves you know no no coach can tell people that experience is more valuable than knowledge if they haven't experienced themselves if all they're about is knowing stuff or information or skills you know so you've got to earn your stripes you know and 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 it comes back to to humbleness again you know and you know I'm, 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 I know a lot of coaches and I know a lot of people who have just been around the block and, and great people, you know, and they've, they've, they've earned it, you know, they've earned it. They've been through the grill, you know, and they've done all, all this stuff and they've made all these mistakes and they've, they've been the guy and then they've fallen from grace and then they've been another guy, but they've earned it, you know, because they've learned at the end of the day to, to be more compassionate and more humble with who they are. And if they're still a coach, then hopefully they've maybe, reorientated their ways again and they're they're actually they're actually able to provide valuable information beyond just this the skill set of 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 knowing the skills because i mean there's a ton of young bucks out there who can who can teach the skills you know and i certainly don't i've given up competing with those those dudes anymore you know because you can learn the skills right but how you actually convey that in a meaningful way that's that's the real skill i think you know how you can actually how you can actually inspire people to delve deeper into their own movement practice, into their own physical practice, and then tell them that, you know what, you can get the skills and I can help you with that. But if you learn to see and you learn to listen and you learn patience and you learn trust and authenticity, then maybe you uncover some more gems inside you there that can actually really help you with your emotional experience in life, with your struggles with your partner, with your, spiritual practice you know with your confusion about the way things are in this world or with your employee or whatever it is there's all these problems that can sort of be seen in a new light you know if you just um if you just humbly through your own experience reveal to people that you know what i've i've done a lot of this shit you know and i've got myself into a lot of difficult situations but i've kind of learned i've learned to to work through that and to actually see those experiences as le- learning experiences as well you know and be humble enough to listen to them and to learn from them and this has really been a a treat to get to 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 speak with you and and hear your thoughts and ideas and and where you're coming from philosoph- um philosophically because i think uh i think what you're talking about matters so uh, i appreciate this oh it's been good chatting yeah i enjoyed it uh very much, Carl. Yeah. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? Oh, you know, it's um, my social media presence is not so not so big these days, but it's usually Primal Movers. Um, you'll find me there on the Instagrams. If you want to get in touch, it's just to send me a message there. That's um, that's where I'm, um, I guess, mostly available. Um, yeah, you'll find me if you just uh, look up Primal Movers and. Uh, yeah, send me a message if there's anything. I'm quite busy at the moment with um, with a new job at the moment, at the university. But um, but I'm always curious to hear from people if there's um, if there's some ideas that they want to bounce off me or uh, or chat about. Then uh, yeah, Primal Movers, that's the place. <laughs>